0: What is going on, my friends? Welcome to this episode of The Formula. I am your friendly neighborhood host, Trevor Carlson, and I'm excited to share my experiments, experiences, and conversations around designing a fulfilling life in whatever form that means for you. In June, I I stayed at this hostel in Sarajevo, Bosnia. That's a uh, simulation of the siege of Sarajevo. I didn't even know that was a thing until I arrived in the Balkans uh, this summer. The quick TLDR description is that the city of Sarajevo was under siege from 1992 until 1996 during the Bosnian War. For four years the city was under near constant artillery barrages, small arms fire, and sniper fire. I stayed in this in this hostel called the War Hostel to experience what it was like to be in the city during that time. No water, sleeping on the floor, and the sound of gunfire and shells going off pretty much constantly. After this experience, I sat down and I uh, I wrote an essay on the moments that defined us. And I actually uh, took some time to interview the guy who runs the war hostel, which will be coming out in the next episode. In this episode, I'd like to share that essay with you on the moments that define us after a quick word from our sponsors. The first sponsor for this episode is Lady Boss. Lady Boss is a women's fitness and health company that really tries to provide as many resources as possible to help women live the healthiest lives possible. So, if you uh if you want to check out some of their free resources, you can head on over to the formulapodcast.com's sponsored products page and uh, click the link there to head to their website and see see what types of different free guides and workout plans, stuff like that that they have available for you. Now, our second sponsor for this episode is Liquid Web. If you've listened to any of our episodes about you know launching your own e-commerce company or an online business they have these like pre-made solutions for you that you can just go on over and uh and sign up for now if you check the show notes they uh they provided formula podcast listeners with a little bit of a a coupon code so you can just uh, check out the show notes i believe it's formula 33 you get 33 percent off all liquid web products so big shout out to them for hooking us up now let's get on with the show While writing this, I'm sitting in a coffee shop in Sarajevo, Bosnia, with a hot cup of cappuccino on my right, and Cheryl Strayed's book, Wild, just sitting to the left of this notebook. The book is open to the page where I'd set it down to catch my breath, a bit after Cheryl discussed her mother dying from cancer. It goes, I was 22, the same age she was when she'd been pregnant with me. She was going to leave my life at the same moment that I came into hers, I thought, for some reason, that sentence came fully formed into my head just then, temporarily blocking out the fuck-them prayer. I almost howled in agony. I almost choked to death on what I knew before I knew. I was going to live the rest of my life without my mother. After reading this paragraph, it made me take a few breaths as I imagined myself in her shoes with my own mom. Fortunately, though, my mom is in good health But the thought of losing her made me want to buy the first plane ticket back to Iowa, run up to her, give her a big hug, and tell her how much I love her. That her belief in my foolishness is why I am who I am today. I don't know the end of Cheryl's story, but it is clear that the moments like these are one side of the spectrum of moments that shape our lives. These moments are created when something in us breaks from overwhelming pain or something in us grows from a breathtaking experience. My brushes with death were frequent over my late teenage years going into my early 20s. It started with losing a high school classmate after a hunting accident. I vividly remember being at his visitation and running over to the baseball field nearby so I could hide the tears alone. I wanted to be alone so I could curse God, gods, or whoever could allow something like this to happen. Over the next few years, I experienced losing people I cared about to car accidents, suicide, and health problems. During this time, I was kicked out of my first college with a pile of debt and this feeling of being a complete and utter failure. At that point, I had a choice to let all these things keep me in a depressed, frustrated state or to pull all the pieces together and to make something out of everything that happened. To drag the pieces together of a life that I had completely fucked up due to my own choices and an unhealthy coping with depression and loss. Losing friends and the humiliation I felt for everything that happened at that point in time was not enjoyable, but I credit that time for giving me the drive that I still feel today. The knowledge that we have one life, one life, and that we don't know how soon it will be over. It pushes me to pursue things that make me feel alive. All of our stories in the same way and it is our job to write the middle to create the crescendo that is our life that way when we arrive at the end of our story we can look back and smile i recently had a life-changing moment on a micro scale the weekend before i wrote this i was staying in a hostel that is a simulation of the siege of sarajevo bosnia The siege occurred from 1992 to 1996 during the Bosnian Civil War, where normal everyday people were bombarded by over 300 shells per day by the army entrenched in the surrounding mountains. The shelling, as well as constant sniper and machine gun fire, made just standing in the water supply lines to fill up your water jugs for your family extremely dangerous. When men, women, The elderly or children were standing in line to restock their water. It wasn't unheard of for that line to be hit by a mortar or grenade. The city was protected by the ragtag Sarajevo defenders who were outgunned and outmanned going up against a well-armed army. How were they able to hold the city for four years? They were fighting for their wives, kids, husbands, parents, and their homes. Everyone in Sarajevo believed that if the opposing army entered the city, everyone that they loved would be killed. Zero One, the main host at the war hostel, was a toddler at the time. Death, destruction, and apocalypse are his first memories, and he says there was no surrender. When I checked into the hostel, I was the only guest. Although they get frequent guests throughout the year, no electricity or running water while sleeping on the floor in Bosnia for a few days isn't something I imagine a lot of people are willing to pay to experience. Throughout the hostel, there were newspaper clippings hanging up describing the events during the siege, such as the lovers in their 20s who were gunned down by snipers while trying to escape the city, and their bodies were left in the open embracing each other while they died. Or the 1,500 children that died from starvation, disease, and violence. Take some version of the movie Red Dawn and a random apocalypse scene to imagine what it was like here. Everything burning and under constant fire for four years. The hostel is built into their home that they survived the siege in and rebuilt after it was over. Staying in the hostel wasn't really the hard part. The hard part started when I went on the tour with Zero One's dad. That things got very, things got very real. They took us into the mountains to the front lines. They're still there. The bunkers and the trenches. The leftover shells, tin cans, and empty bottles of schnapps that were emptied and tossed by the soldiers entrenched there. We took a trail through the woods where he warned us that if we went to either side of the trail, there were still landmines and we would likely die. This, unfortunately, isn't uncommon. Many people have died, mostly children, from the leftover mines scattered throughout the woods and really all over Bosnia. As the tour was ending, we went down to a ruined house near the front lines where Zero One's dad explained how he was in charge of keeping all the phone lines working during the bombings. He would be running between trenches and bunkers fixing the communication lines while the shells were falling while everyone else had retreated to the bomb shelters. He told the story of a 19-year-old girl on the front lines. She volunteered to man a machine gun from World War II and just happened to be manning that weapon during a heavy assault early on in the siege. The Bosnian militia broke ranks and ran from the oncoming assault. Everyone except for this 19-year-old girl, with the help of a friend loading her weapon, held her ground, and continued firing until the approaching soldiers fell back. I imagine the women I know, my friends in their 20s, forced to stand against an army and being the only ones left between certain destruction. Standing near where the stand took place, hearing about what happened to women when they were captured alive, rape, and mutilation, imagining the events to create a world where this could possibly happen. It's, uh, It's a lot to take in. I checked out on the third day and headed to an Airbnb I'd rented for the next week in Sarajevo. I needed some time to think. In the comforts of running water and electricity, I had this life-changing micro-moment. I sat on the floor at the end of the bed, and I put my head in my hands, and I just breathed. I thought of the atrocities, the suffering, so many questions, and and frustration. Why? Why? How can anyone desire war when you see the suffering in the eyes of the people who survived? What does it mean for my life? How can I complain about trivial things again? These questions and more raced through my head. I asked Zero One's dad a question on our tour that gave me somewhat of an answer. What happened after it was over? He looked at me and said, We danced in the streets. And we celebrated that we were fucking alive. That my baby boy and my wife had survived when so many hadn't. No matter how bad things get, I will always be happy for that. And remember that that is the most important thing, that we are alive. Zero One echoed this sentiment when he said, Man, every day you are alive is a second chance. You are still alive and that means you have a second chance to do whatever it is that you want. To change the world to make a difference in your own neighborhood, or just do something that you love. My challenging moments haven't nearly been as bad as what the people of Sarajevo went through, not even close. These moments, the good and the bad, and what we choose to do with them, are what define our lives. We get to choose. That might mean removing distractions for real experiences, spending time with people we love, and expressing that love by investing time. Being grateful that we are still alive and recognizing all the wonderful things we are surrounded by every single day. So cast judgment of ourselves and others aside, pursue what makes us feel alive, give back, and treat everyone the best we can. Because in the end, what we choose to do with these moments and the time we have is all that matters. Damn, that was a heavy piece just to read, even after I had finished it. Really appreciate you guys taking the time to tune into this episode. Next episode, we're going to be dropping the interview with Zero One, the War Hostel host. And I got to say, after listening to it again, it's really, really powerful. This guy has been through a lot and he really shares a lot about how he has formed his current perspective in life and maybe how we can uh, change our perspective a little bit too. That's a wrap, everyone. Appreciate you taking the time to listen again. And I look forward to you stopping by next time.